Hi friends, welcome to Womankind. I'm your host, Kelsey Novitz, and I'm here in episode 59 with my guest, Kim Ventola of Nine Retreat. Hi, Kim. Hello, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Before we get into more of Kim's story, um, I wanted to comment to my listeners. I fell off the grid for a little bit for the past couple months, and the reason that I have fallen off the grid is for a really exciting reason. I actually recently got engaged in September, and something unexpected that happened through this process, I've heard so much about the wedding planning process, and I've watched my friends go through it, I didn't know how time-consuming it is. And so the hours that I typically spend on this podcast have now transferred over to wedding planning, And I have some complicated feelings about it that I'm working out. Uh, But overall, I'm really excited and I'm really happy now to be balanced and kind of back on the scene with podcasting. And so I'm really excited to get into it with Kim here. So Kim, hello. (laughs) Well, hello and congratulations. (laughs) Thank you so much. I mean, so you you said, as we were talking before, um, that you've been married for 19 years, but you can still very clearly remember like being in the position that I'm in. Yes. Yes. As if it were yesterday. No question. Absolutely. No, congratulations. I remember that feeling, that excitement uh, of, yes, having that connection with your partner and the excitement of planning and just like thinking about your future together. And um, yeah, when you told me, I just remember it took me back 19 years. So I'm, I'm so thrilled for you. Thank you. And I mean, it's, It's just so exciting, and it's, like, more than I ever imagined, which is so wonderful. How many moments in life do you have where it is just, like, this blissful feeling? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh, right? Well, um, I would say you're going to have a lot of them, many, many, many of them. But this one is one will be, this one will be embedded in your DNA (laughs) for the rest of your life. And you know, my friend, Lindsay Ellsworth, when she is in the midst of something really powerful, like getting engaged or watching, you know, maybe your children playing really beautifully together or you're uh, witnessing a friend doing something really resilient and, and uh, brave. She uh, does something where she taps her hand just above her heart two times and says, um, I think it's download or or um, receive or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it is. And she's basically like tapping over her heart to... Um, you know, receive, like, to download that moment, to remember it forever. That's so cool. That reminds me of the episode of The Office, which is wedding-related, when Jim and Pam get married, and throughout the day, she's taking mental pictures of things, so she, like, holds up her hands like she's taking a photograph and then takes a picture. (laughs) That reminds me of that. (laughs) I love that, yes. I'm an office girl, so, yes. yes. (laughs) (laughs) And there is, I mean, so the complicated part is that... I, and I don't, I haven't processed this quite that much, but there's a part of me that feels kind of weird and a, and I want to say like unfeminist or something. Like I have some kind of like Mm -hmm. something that I've kind of pieced together from society where I'm like, I should be able to balance 
my job and being engaged and being um, doing this podcast and doing all the things that I do. And so there is, you know, as many times that happens with being a woman, a a, a guilt that sometimes sure. surfaces um, with not being as balanced and not having time for everything. I think that's so relatable. And I see it. I, so I used to photograph weddings for 10 years and I saw that time and time again with a lot of the couples that I would work with. So I think it's very relatable. Uh, and I, you know what I think it is? I think it's where you have an opportunity to put redirect that energy into something you are so excited about, right? It's not selfish. You're also thinking about who you want there intentionally thinking about what that day is going to look like because it is a celebration. People do this all over the world, right? And so I think you're just redirecting the energy from, you know, the areas that you've been passionate about, like the podcast, and you just temporarily kind of moving it over into something that you get to bring people into your world for that day to celebrate. You have every right. <laughs> I'm validating it, okay? <laughs> well, thank you. That I, I appreciate yeah. that perspective. Yeah. Like I said, it's something that I have just kind of had on the tip of my tongue, but haven't really been able to, to pinpoint. Um, oh, yes. But it makes me feel good that other people have felt that too. <laughs> Girl, you're, you're sharing the love on that day, right? You're yes. not, um, no, I think it's a very, it, I, I can see what you mean. It can feel a little, um, I don't know if you used, to use the word selfish. Maybe I said that it can feel like it, it, you're conflicted. And, but I think truly it is a day where you're putting all this energy out to make the experience for others just as impactful and beautiful, you know, for, as it will be for you and your partner. So, um, I, I, it makes perfect sense to me. Mm-hmm. Well, awesome. And so speaking of putting energy together and having a day for other people, um, so tell us a bit more about Nine Retreat. Yeah, great. I would love to. <laughs> so Nine Retreat was born, funny enough, we were talking about photography. So I had been photographing, I've been traveling the world doing international wedding photography for probably at that point for a good uh, seven years. And I had hit a point in my life where, um, you know, here's, here's where the humility in me, the lessons that I learned back then, um, they all came to a head. It's things that I had been neglecting, like my health, my marriage. I mean, the timing of this conversation is pretty incredible. And, um, but when my, so it was 2010, um, my son, he was three at the time. He had asked me if I loved my phone more than him. My husband asked if I wanted a divorce. I was making mistakes in my career at work with my photography business. Um, it was probably one of the hardest years of my life also coming to terms with unresolved trauma and not taking care of my physical health my my mental well-being so many things Kelsey just all came like spiraling down into this like one year oh my gosh and I saw you posted on Instagram the other day about your son asking you that question and I like teared up thinking about that uh, it's just yeah. like what a powerful question that you know a three-year-old doesn't know like what what they're asking in that moment but like what a shocking perspective giver question no question I mean that what that moment was definitely a turning point for me and I 
you know, I took it as a moment of, you know, learning to like really look within, you know, what am I, um, why am I using these tools, right? I was justifying them for business use. And, but really when I took a, you know, step back to look at it, you know, how often am I really using it and, and what intention and what is the impact, you know, what, what ways it, is it really benefiting me, my family, my, my business and the, my community and, you know, and even greater than that, but the world, right? Like, why do I need this? And, when I took a step back, I realized that I was using it as a form to just kind of numb some pain. Um, again, kind of touching on that unresolved uh, trauma that um, it, it was an opportunity for me to look within to say, okay, hold on. There are some things that I really do need to work on where I was seeking out external validation. And that's, that's a big topic right now. Um, I've been seeing it on the media more and more, and I'm actually a huge advocate for that, for us to really take a look at how we are spending time on, you know, behind screens, um, on social media. And I, I do have a great relationship with it now. Um, I just do feel like it's such, it's so critical for us, especially women, um, to really evaluate that, you know, how are we using it? Um, you know, and, and how is it impacting the people around us? Mm -hmm. So for me at that moment, um, it gave me a chance to look within and realize, you know, okay, these are the areas I need to start doing better, showing up for myself, um, looking at my marriage. You know, when my husband asked me that I was in shock. Um, I'm like, are you kidding me? No way do I want to get a divorce. And, and he was like, are you kidding me? Wow. <laughs> um, you know, you don't see what I see. I mean, we are so disconnected. And um, again, I'm not blaming it on the phone or social media by any means. I'm just taking responsibility that I was using other areas. You know, I was like married to my business, not my husband. I was connected to my phone and business and not my child. I mean, that's the truth. Um, and so luckily I was able uh, to, you know, to make some changes. And so, um, that was a turning point and that kind of birthed this idea of, you know, how, what are my relationships with women? Like also like Kelsey, that is so, that's a big thing for a lot of women that I meet. Like the, these days it's hard to meet women and have maintain like really strong, deep friendships. Do you hear this? Am I alone on this? I, so through this podcast, um, something that I've heard from almost all of my guests, something that they value and put at the top of their list as the most valuable thing are the friendships they have with other women. Um, and so I've heard that most often, that that's something that I think people have come to realize. And, and oftentimes people have said that like part of their journey is kind of like what you said, realizing like, ooh, I do need to strengthen these connections. Um, and then working on that. Absolutely. And on a deeper level, right? right. Not right. just surface. And so uh, through conversations with a lot of women in my life and in the wedding industry back then, we had found that it felt like networking events, right? These relationships. It didn't feel like it was like, hello, how are you? Like, how's the weather? What do you do for a living? <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. um, how are the kids? And which are great. That can be great in certain situations. 
women were craving more and that's and I too I was craving more and as I would go to you know workshops and conferences and in working on personal growth I couldn't quite find what I was looking for and so I don't remember who said it but someone said well then create it like kind of nonchalantly like no <laughs> well then just like take responsibility and I'm like oh okay don't, don't you love those messengers that are like well we'll just do it then <laughs> Thank you, whoever you are. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. So that's what I did. I reached out to uh, quite a few women in my circle, women that I really trusted and loved and respected, and uh, asked them to join me. Um, we, you know, I just basically looked at areas um, in our lives that were just kind of where we wanted to kind of fill in the gaps. Like, what do we want to talk about? We want to talk about relationships. Great. Sexual wellness. Great. You want to talk about parenthood. Great. Do you want to talk about, you know, um, you know, body image? Like there are all these different images or, or um, topics that women would love to just dive a little bit more deeply in. And they didn't know where to go to have those conversations. And, um, and so that's kind of where it began and it did begin in the wedding industry. And then, and it grew from there where now I welcome all women. Um, and it has, uh, that was back in 2015. And we've, I think we've had a total of nine retreats so far. We go all over the country back and forth. Um, we go back to Oregon next year. So nine 2020 is in Oregon, Opal Creek. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's a pretty powerful experience. And a lot of women describe it as very life changing. And, uh, women have talked about how it's, um, you know, shaken them to their core, where it's helped them peel back the layers, really get to the root of who they are, what they stand for, and what they believe. That sounds incredible. <laughs> How can someone join you for these retreats? Oh, wow. So heading over to nineretreat.com. There is some information on our upcoming retreat. You can also take a look at our past retreats to kind of get an idea of you know, the experiences, every retreat is completely different. I invite new teachers and, um, you know, the experiences are always different. We always go to new locations. Uh, so, you know, I, I take my time. It's a very intentional process. And so uh, if women are interested, there is a button that says book a call. And then basically they're setting up a call to meet with me, a video call. We can meet face to face. It's really important for me that I don't just accept you know, just someone sign up and then they they show up. I want to talk to them. I want to make sure they understand the commitment that they're making. I want them to uh, understand um, what's involved. I want to make sure that they're ready for this because um, it is. It's a very powerful experience. It's for women that are ready for it. Um, so again, we it's you know it's highly curated. We only have thirty women that can attend, and um, yeah, so it's important for me to meet them and to make sure that I can answer all their questions and that I can get an idea from them that they are ready to do this work and ready to show up for themselves. Wow, interesting. I, I can imagine that with 30 women and different personalities every time that it does turn out different every time. Yes. Wow. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what everybody says. We have women that have been coming. There's a joke going around night that there's a couple of women that they need a punch card. because. They <laughs> 
she's like, you know, buy nine, get one or buy 10, get one free or something. Oh my gosh. Um, but yes, we've had women who have been to every single experience and they have said that it has helped them, you know, just kind of hit the reset button. And because they're new experiences, because we have different topics uh, and experiences each time, they don't feel like they're repeating. They're not just repeating the same thing. They're like, okay, one more layer peeled back. Like, here I am. I'm ready to, I'm ready to show up. And, um, and I love when they talk about how their partners or their children or their coworkers or, you know, maybe their employees or best friends. I love when I check in with them, they're like, Kim, oh my gosh, like everybody's telling me that I look different and they, I look lighter or I like I, my face, you know, there's something, just like a shift. I don't know what it is. I don't know how it happened, but I feel it. They see it. They feel it. And then I get like, oh my gosh, my favorite is getting messages, you know, sometimes on Instagram or in an email and they'll say, Kim, I'm following up and I've been, you know, I've been really quiet because I'm doing something really big. I'm starting this new business. I left this job that I was really toxic. I'm finally doing that thing that I was so afraid of. Um, or I, you know, I fell in love. Like I finally like allowed myself to receive. Um, so I hear all these stories and sometimes it's, you know, days after, sometimes it's weeks, months, and sometimes years and they're okay with it because they know that they it was intentional like the time it happened when it was supposed to happen this is so cool what an opportunity for women especially like so thank you for doing this for women oh my gosh I it's I was just talking to a friend about this like I I'm I mean this with all sincerity, I feel like I'm the humbled one. I feel honored to be able to be a part of this, to work with the teachers that we bring in. I'm just playing a very small role. It is um, something I say at nine that we're all teachers and students at nine. And I love, I feel like mama bear. (laughs) I like stand back and, you know, in the midst of seeing these women making connections literally within hours of arrival, you know, like arriving strangers within hours you would think these women they're hugging each other as if they'd known each other their whole lives and that is just the the space that we create we have worked really hard to make sure women understand that there is no drama like we are allergic to like drama and bullshit it's okay to swear on here I'm so sorry oh, of but, course yeah <laughs> but but no, no BS right mm-hmm. like we're here you know to um honor each person's story and to listen um and also to have the the confidence and the bravery to know when to speak up and, and to share mm-hmm yeah, that's, I guess I, the drama thing didn't even occur to me at all. And so, like, I, I teach in an all-girls school, and the first question that people always ask me is, isn't there so much cattiness and drama there? <laughs> and my answer is, no, not really. It's, mm-hmm. you know, the the things that happen in a school over time, yes, there are people that are short with each other. And yes, there are dramatic things that happen. But that's just part of like being in the trenches with people day to day. It's not because they're girls. (laughs) It's just sometimes people can get on each other's nerves when you see them every day. (laughs) Yeah, and that's real life. (laughs) Right. (laughs) 
Absolutely. You know, and um, of course, like we're not perfect. There are things that we have learned um, through over the years to make sure it is a space where we do avoid that as much as possible. But at the same time, realistically, things do come up, right? And especially when we're talking about things, you know, that are so deep and heavy. And, um, you know, sometimes I use, I try to use the word triggered lightly and carefully, but yes, but like if we have someone who used to go to summer camp and they were bullied, right. And then they're coming to something that feels like adult summer camp, right. Um, there, they could be, be hard. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And so, um, so putting, uh, agreements in place ahead of time. Like, listen, if something's on your mind, if you, if someone said something and you know, it made you feel a certain way, like just go talk to them. Like that's, that's a great life skill. <laughs> go talk to them and let them know how you're feeling. And we, we just have these agreements to like, make sure you're hearing the person. Let's communicate, come talk to me. You know, there's a, there's a great support system within the community for sure. Awesome. Um, what are some examples of some topics that you dive into through your retreats? Well, I love to start out with our upcoming retreat in Oregon. Um, this one I'm, I'm really proud of. Uh, we are putting the focus on the whole woman. So going within and really you know, body reclamation, really reconnecting with ourselves. So a lot of times our lives, most of our days are living outwardly, right? So the, it's all focuses on the external. We're showing up for others. We're taking care of other people. We're answering emails. We are, you know, watching the, the news. We have like this connection. It's all outward. It's all external. And I know a lot of women uh, well, and men, let's be fair. Most, a lot of humans have this desire to really reconnect with themselves. So you find people, you know, wanting to do more meditation and journaling, um, yoga, like there are all these ways to reconnect with ourselves and they are fantastic. I try to practice them myself often, but realistically, a lot of us kind of get lost. It's hard to maintain that day to day. And, I found that having this experience we, where we are truly disconnected. So this experience is off the grid, disconnected. There's no cell phone service. Um, I found that this would be a really um, great opportunity for a lot of us to just disconnect from all that and then really re go within, really go within and reconnect um, with ourselves through um, breath work, meditation, um, finding our voice. You know, I teach on uh uh, on setting healthy boundaries, kind of knowing our limits, you know, and what does that look like? How do you define those? How do you know to, to know where to begin? So we start by looking at things like, you know, where are you exhausted? Where do you feel angry? Where do you feel overwhelmed? Where do you feel guilt? And then you look at those areas and then start to, you know, understand, oh, I need to start saying no to X, Y, and Z. So to reduce that, you know, resentment and the exhaustion and the guilt. So things like that, where, again, going back home and going back into the real, real world gives you those tools to be able to make space to kind of go within back home, realistically, if that makes sense. Definitely. And those are such important skills to have. And I don't think they are necessarily naturally cultivated in women. I agree. I agree. This is something I feel very passionate about. I wish that the, these were things that were taught to us at a younger age. I wish that in 
starting a grade school, junior high, middle school, high school, you know, learning about what, what the heck are boundaries? You know, what do you mean boundaries? Like that no one taught me this. No one, you know, a lot of us didn't learn meditation, you know, self care, you know, all these, these terms. Um, but, but, but real world practices that are very meaningful that could really benefit these kids. I can Um, attest to the fact that those things are being taught in school now. (laughs) So it's, there's definitely a shift that's happening in education to promote wellness and teaching these skills. Um, but in some ways I, I think that students will thank us later in life because they don't necessarily understand the benefits right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I think it's great. I mean, there is, it's great to hear that that is being taught. Um, Do you work like in the inner city or, you know, or is Um, it? I work in a a private school that's in the suburbs, but we have students from all over the city or all over the area that I live in Western New York. Oh, got it. And so, and that's, that's something too, you know, looking at what's going on in all schools for all children so that, um, all kids have that opportunity to learn these really critical tools too. Right. Right. And, um, so that is something that I'm really passionate about, but I do think this is a great place to start. This is a great place for us to, um, you know, give women an opportunity to learn these tools, to teach their children, or maybe their nieces and nephews, or maybe their students, but modeling it is so key, right? I mean, yeah. So, I mean, as a mom, that's something like I always look within, okay, what am I modeling? How, you know, I can't just, you know, should my child, (laughs) you should do this. Uh, (laughs) It doesn't work that way. So I do try to model and then kind of hopefully draw him in. So I, I do journal in front of my children. I do actively say, okay, I'm taking five minutes to go meditate. Um, I'm not saying, okay, it's your turn to meditate, you know, because I want them to see that, you know, what I'm doing and then have the curiosity. Um, and, and that has worked. I mean, that has worked for a lot of things, but, but I think that's going to be, um, essential for a lot of these women when, as they go home after the experience. Definitely. So I think this is actually a good place to transition into talking more about how you balance the role of mother with the other things that you do. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Tell me what you want to know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as someone who doesn't have children, I want to know everything. (laughs) Um, But tell us a little bit about, you have a pretty unique situation with your children. So share as much as you're comfortable with, with like ages and where they are with each other. Yeah, sure. So I do have a biological 12 year old son and a two and a half year old. Uh, We are, um, we are adopting him, fostering to adopt. And I I do want to preface that um, by, by saying uh, fostering to adopt is not very common. It's not very easy to do. I get a lot of people that are very curious are like, yes, oh my gosh, I want to adopt. Um, fostering to adopt it, it's That's the a goal. tough road. It's it is a very tough road. It's hard when people become foster parents. Really, the intention should be reunification, right? With like just being that space for children um, in transition. You know, so before you know they go back to maybe grandparents or parents, you're there 
creating like a really safe, loving um, environment um, temporarily, right? So that is the goal um, because I've had people say, that's great. I, I would really love to adopt. Foster care sounds great. And I would just tell people, um, then that's probably not the right avenue. <laughs> um, going in, if, if that is something you desire, you can, you know, put the word out to your local, ours is Matt, uh, DCF, Department of Children and Family Services. Um, you can tell them your intention, but I just, I wanted to preface by saying foster to adopt is very difficult. Um, but our situation was very unique and we were, um, put in touch with a woman, a family in town and, and they were fostering a child, this beautiful baby. And, I wanted to just talk to this woman about foster care and we had, my husband and I have been talking about this. We've had um, issues with uh, having children, miscarriages and conceiving and um, you know, a lot of fertility issues. And so we kind of surrendered. We were like, okay, you know, that's, we've got our 12 year old. He's amazing. This is great. And then we started talking about foster care. And so we met this family and I wanted to just kind of pick her brain, like, tell me about foster care. Like what? I just want to know everything. I'm a sponge. And after her, our conversation, she was like, do you know, like I have a baby. And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, I have a baby. Like he's up for adoption. I'm like, wait, what? Like the whole conversation completely shifted. And um, so she starts describing this beautiful baby and, um, he was eight months at the time and she, um, you know, she kind of, she didn't skirt around it, but she said he's blind and, 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 and I'm like, Oh, okay. Tell me more. Tell me more. It didn't, it didn't scare me. I wasn't like, Oh no, I can't handle that or anything like that. Um, I was actually more in love as she talked about him and I didn't see it as a challenge. Honestly, I mean this from the bottom of my heart that, you know, I felt more connected to this child, the more she told me about him. And on December 17th, um, 2017, I, came into her home. I saw him in her arms. And at that moment, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I've fallen in love. And I, I, I know the, like, this isn't maybe, maybe not appropriate, but I just kept thinking that's my son. That's my son. And went over to him and discovered that he was born with bilateral microphthalmia, which means um, he was born without eyeballs um, or, or technically small eyes. So he has no light perception. He cannot see completely blind. Um, and he's amazing. He's so smart. And I, I, I paused before I told the story, because I wasn't sure if I wanted to include all of that, because I don't want him to be defined by all of that, Kelsey. Oh, okay. At the same time, I do think his story is important, because having a, uh, having a child with, again, this is something I'm learning, do you say special needs, do you say a disability, Every the, the, the community has, um, different ways of, of saying that, but, and it um, changes often too and evolves exactly. often. Exactly. So I usually just ask the parent, what do you prefer? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but yes. Um, you, so now I just, I know this does not define him. He's amazing. Um, we're, um, you know, he has so many opportunities. We tell him every day, there's nothing you cannot do, you know, and he is defying all of the odds. He's 
walking, you know, much sooner than they expected. He is just like meeting all the milestones that most, you know, typical kids do. Um, he's just, he's brilliant. And I'm like honored to be his mama. I can't even tell you. Um, the good news is we are any day now supposed to be getting a phone call from the courts to uh, finalize the adoption. That's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. That's exciting. Yeah, so it's pretty exciting. So, yes, whew, that was a lot. I get it. Um, but, yes, yeah, so balancing that, I mean, because that is a whole other layer. I think that's why I included it um, to being a mom is now I am home with this child with special needs. And it is my role to be his, most days, his occupational therapist, his teacher for the visually impaired, his orientation and mobility specialist. Like, there's all, there are all these layers to motherhood that comes with, um, being his mom, like, and I'm, I have, it's like a badge of honor. I'm like grateful and honored, um, to be his mom, to say the least for sure. So that's amazing. Um, so how with those different things, like you said, you listed like a whole bunch of jobs that you have to do every day. Um, is it just like a learn as you go process? Have you done a lot of research? Mm, Yes. So in order to take on, I think, you know what? I felt like any parent, right? You, there's no like, here, here's your guidebook. Like, well, right. No, (laughs) absolutely not. There there are parenting books out there. Sure. The thing is they can be great. The thing, it's just, it's not like a complete blueprint, is it? Right. Right. It's, it's it's not like, this is exactly how it's all going to go to plan. No. Um, so we also have to, Hey, I'm a teacher. I know all about that. (laughs) Exactly. Here's, here's the key. Here's something that I think is so critical that I learned not too long ago is that my intuition and my judgment is the foundation of my parenting. So someone taught me that when I'm faced with decisions to kind of, you know, check in with my body, do I feel heavier or lighter, you know, um, when I'm trying to make a decision and if it feels heavy, that's not the right way. So they say the light way is the right way. So a lot of things when I'm making decisions, when it comes to, especially my children, I just take a deep breath and like, okay, how am I feeling? Like, how does this feel? Oh, this feels lighter. I'm going to go this way. And I'm just going to have to feel good about that. And then trust that I'm making the right decisions because truly that's what parenting there's there are so many of those situations where you're like quick make a decision quick you know um you know you're faced with this new situation they're in the midst of this you know crisis um and then you're you know you're learning like minute by minute how to support and nurture and nourish you know these little beings so um i just feel like us learning to trust our own instincts, um, is, is critical. So again, that's why kind of like nine is so important to me, even as a mom, um, is going and removing myself, like disconnecting so that I can learn to kind of tap into my inner wisdom, my intuition, so that I have that confidence to get back into that role, um, you know, as mom, as wife, as whatever, all those labels, right? Um, so that has been really important for me. So to be able to balance those things, like there's no real balance one way that I have looked at it. There's something called the four burner theory. And the they say like, you know, there's four burners on the stove and it's family, your career, and oh boy, there's a fourth. 
family, health, career. There's another one. I can't think of it right now. Um, ah, I can't, I don't gonna even b- know what it would be. Family, health, career. I can't even think of it right now. Wow. <laughs> but apparently that burner's off right now for me. <laughs> I can't even think of it. Um, but there are these four burners and people can look it up. Um, but that helps me as I'm going through things like, okay, am, am I feeling a little burnt out? I need to turn one of my burners down so I don't feel burnt out. And that helps so much. Um, and I think it's friends. It might be friends. Maybe it's like your social life, oh, right? Okay. That would make sense. Like, Yep, that would make sense. And um, it doesn't mean that you like isolate yourself, right? It's just where are you directing your energy, right? That makes so much sense to me as someone who's like very visual. So when I'm feeling like the pressure of everything coming at me, like, okay, nine retreat, you know, parenting, my husband, my partner, my, you know, my friends, my extended family, like my community, my activism, um, you know, my self care, my own health. I have like all these things that I'm like, okay, got to do this, got to do this. I've got this to do list. And and I have all these needs around me that helps me kind of check in and be like, where am I distributing my energy today, you know, because I can't put it all on all four. That's just not sustainable. I will get burnt out. So where can I kind of pull back a little bit? Oh, okay. I see. I'm going to have to pull back from my friend area a little bit, but I'm still going to keep in touch with my good friends. I, you know, check in with each other. I got my support system, but it doesn't mean I'm going to have to like say yes to every like lunch date and coffee date and every like text message in the chain. Um, but it's just about how much energy you're willing to put out and redirect if, if needed. It, does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. I like that. I'm yeah. a visual person too. So picturing those, the burners works for me yeah. as well. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and I, I, one of my clients right now, she's got some health issues going and, and we were just talking about that. Okay. Like your health, you, like you need to put some energy there, take care of yourself. And so it was good for her to visualize, okay, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. I'm going to turn career burner down. I'm still going to go to work. But I'm not going to put all my energy into it. Like I'm going to, you know, do what I can and I got to take care of myself. So Mm -hmm. that has helped um, a lot, a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Again, that goes along with that, the skill set of what you teach at the nine retreat and learning to balance. Absolutely. So I think Kim will transition into talking about what it means to be a woman. But before we do that, just Tell my listeners one more time if they're interested in joining you on a nine retreat, where can they find you? Great. So it's nine, N-I-N-E, retreat.com. So you don't type in the numerological nine symbol, just nine retreat.com. Nine is spelled out. Actually, I'm curious, where did the name come from? Oh, I'm glad you <laughs> it is my favorite number. <laughs> nice. Yes. Um, you know, there's a really cool story. So since the third grade, some weird reason, I love math. Uh, and I remember learning about the power of nine, like the, as a, you know, a digital root of nine. I don't know if this resonates, if you're connecting to this in any way, but Um, I found like the magic of nine in math. And then I just started seeing that number growing up over and over and over. It was almost like these paths, like, you know, no, come this way. Interesting. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to trust this. Like for some reason, the number nine just really led me, um, you throughout my life. And when I had, 
establish like my roots, like knowing, okay, I'm going to do this retreat experience. I'm creating the space for women. And I had been at a coffee house and I'm typing away on my computer, trying to, um, you know, come up with a title for the, for the retreat. And I was sitting next to this woman that I was connected to and we just hit it off like right away, really instantly. And she's, before she left, she's like, I have to tell you something. This is super random, but I want to tell you the story. I had this dream last night and and I was at this party and I'm walking around and the only word that would come out of my mouth is nine. She was like, nine, 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 nine. Like every time she tried to speak to someone, she's like, isn't that super weird? And I'm like, that's so oh, weird. My God. That's crazy. Yeah. It was very strange. And so um, after she left, I went online and looked up the meaning of nine and numerologically or numer the, the numerological meaning um, symbolizes wisdom, responsibility, um, compassion, intuition, strength of character. And it was almost in alignment with all of my values that I literally just been typing on my computer. It was wild. That's so and, cool. You know, I love that. I love those synchronicities. So yeah, so that's where I was like, okay, I, there, I hear you, whoever you are out there. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so glad I asked. Yeah, I'm not like a huge, well, I'm not a huge like math person. I, I teach English, but, um, I do understand like feeling connected to certain numbers and like dates and things like that. Like I've been very intentional and in, like picking like wedding dates and things like that because it's, it's important. Oh, I agree. There are a lot of synchronicities and numbers. I'm, I'm a big believer in that. So mm -hmm. that's great. <laughs> so now Kim, tell my listeners what it means to you to be a woman in 2019. Ooh, <laughs> I, I love this. You know, honestly, I think today, one of the things that I ask people, women, when I meet them is tell me something that you want me to know about you instead of saying, how are you? And I really feel like that is the deepest desire for a lot of women today is they want to be able to tell their story and to redefine who they are. And I do believe that there women have, we have adopted and we have, um, you know, we have taken on labels over the years by, you know, our experiences, by society, uh, you know, families kind of telling us who to be most of our lives. And so I do feel like there is a real shedding of those labels and layers going on in 2019 for women. And I think that that is so important. I feel like women feel the weight of of all of those years of being told who to be. And I think, I think this is the year that we are really being empowered to shed all of that. I love that. I agree with that. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And that's, I mean, we talked about this um, before we started recording when I was asking you how to introduce you and, you know, a question that seems so simple, like, what do you want me to say about you? Yeah, I mean, you really were very intentional and had to think about that because it is like a label. And when people see a label, they have certain connotations that come along with it, depending on what it is. And that's something that I think we are much more considerate of now or in a position to be 
to, like you said, to be able to define ourselves, which I don't think has always been the case for women. Oh, I agree completely. Absolutely. So what are the hardest parts of being a woman? Mm. Wow. I, I, I find, you know, women coming to terms with, uh, you know, I think in a lot of my circles, there's a lot of trauma and women are really trying to reconcile what it means to heal. A lot of women have experienced violence uh, throughout their lives, you know, one, two, five or 10 times throughout their lives or, or more, maybe it's daily. And I find that is something that a lot of women are, are dealing with constantly and trying to find their place and their voice um, in, in this world. And, you know, sometimes it's as simple as in a relationship, right. Or their home, um, in their community, you know, so it, it can go as broad as you like, but I do really feel like it's women trying to feel safe and, um, you know, looking for those places to feel safe and also dealing with past trauma, um, uh, you know, violence and, um, you know, all of these things that sometimes are triggered through, you know, one thing I thought we talked, we touched a little bit on this on, on social media, but, you know, body image is a big thing. And looking at, you know, women that have had, you know, eating disorders, um, you know, there's violence in that there's could be a history, you know, why, why are they, you know, I, I had an eating disorder myself. And, um, really trying to come to terms with our experiences, you know, growing up, what we were exposed to. Um, and again, just trying to heal from those. So I would say that's a big thing. It's just really trying to heal from these experiences from our past and trying to find the time on top of everything we already have to deal with on a daily basis. Absolutely. Actually, I want to go back to something we talked about in the beginning of the episode that relates to this. So you mentioned your journey with social media. And so I'm wondering if you could describe what a healthy relationship with social media looks like to you. So I think that's probably looks different for everybody. Uh, so for myself, you know, I definitely have some strong boundaries around my social media use. Uh, and I, I do not touch my phone one hour after waking up. So my boundary is first thing when I wake up, I will journal, meditate, do some breathing. Um, you know, I just try to meet my own needs um, in that space. I call, I do what I call waking up the house. And so I walk around and I open the shades, I make my bed, um, you know, and I have the luxury and privilege to have that time. Um, sometimes I don't because my son sometimes is up, no joke, like 3.30 in the morning. Oh boy. <laughs> You know, and that's, that's my reality and that's okay. Um, but, but I do try to be intentional. Even on those days, I, I want to be intentional. Like, okay, 
like I need to take a step step back and really take care of myself. Um, so the first and last hour of my day, I try to set aside that there are no screens whatsoever. That's I'm really that's a pretty strong boundary for me, um, not just for my own well being, but for the the rest of the home for the family. And um, but yeah, so with social media, um, if I don't if I'm not feeling inspired or feeling good about an account that I follow, if something's just making me feel like, oh, this is this is not in alignment with my values. I'm not feeling good about it. I just simply click the mute button or the unfollow button, and it's as simple as that. I I have the choice. Um, you know, I have no intention of hurting others if they notice. Maybe I unfollowed them. Uh, that is not my um, my intention. Uh, the thing is I have to take care of myself. So if it doesn't feel good to me and if it's not serving me well, um, I have to make the choice. So, uh, yeah, I'm always looking at what, what, what makes me feel good. What's inspiring me? What is in alignment with my current beliefs or views? Um, you know, or in alignment with, with the activism work that I do. And that, that kind of, you know, fuels the fire, the passion in me, um, and the inspiration. And so I really try to focus on those, um, and then try to stay connected with people I love, but just, you know, more, more, um, quality over quantity is, is definitely key for me. I love that. I think, I just think it's kind of fascinating to hear what different people do because, you know, these items, these phones, they've been created to tap into like our basest human instincts and exploit them and mm -hmm. we can't not have them unless you want to live entirely off the grid um but that's almost impossible like you people are part of society so they have <laughs> to have these things so finding ways to use them that are healthy i think are important i for example um i have a limit on Instagram, I have a 30 minute limit. So the app shuts down after 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, and actually, I found recently that I keep hitting the remind me in 15 minutes button. So I need to work on that a little bit. But um, having those limits and boundaries, like you said, I think is really important. Also, another thing I'm laughing at is you, you said like waking up the house. That's something that I do as well. And actually, recently, I was on a trip with some friends at a, a wedding. And we all stayed in a house together. And they were calling me the turndown service because I would close all the shades. And then in the morning, I would wake up and I'd open them all up and lay out cups and things for everybody. So I appreciate that. <laughs> That's amazing. That's, yeah, my son, like, kind of, it's like a joke around the house, you know, like, wait for mom, wait for mom, you know, just, you know, the house. Yeah. But no, it feels good, right? Yeah, you have to be, I like, I like natural light. I like to be able to see outside. So I, that's a good way for me to start the day. <laughs> so in turn, Kim, what are your favorite parts of being a woman? Oh, wow. My favorite parts of being a woman. Wow. I would say, you know, I feel that, that's that I, I do struggle with that a little bit because I don't want to strictly say, you know, women are the nurturers only, right? Because my husband's very nurturing um, as a man. But I will say the woman that I am, one of the favorite parts of myself as a woman um, is my ability to show up for them, uh, and, you know, 
to, to love them so deeply and unconditionally. And there's maybe this is just my own constitution, but I love learning. One of my favorite things, <clears throat> it's, it's, you know, I love when people call me out on things. <laughs> it doesn't feel good in the moment sometimes, but I love when, you know, I have an opportunity to learn something because, you know, obviously I can learn from it and I'm only going to feel better in the end and, and other people benefit from it. But I would, I, I truly, truly love having that, um, the opportunity to learn and to love them and just to do better. Right. Um, but yeah, I think that that's like, that is a big, big question I just have to say, but you know, I'm just keep thinking about, you know, the way that I'm able to show up for it, not just my children. I kind of talked about being like mama bear earlier, you know, at these retreats, because all of these women, that's why I say when women, I do my call with them. And then when we agree, we both agree, it's like a mutual understanding, like, okay, like this is a great fit. Like, oh my gosh. And we're both excited about it. And I say, welcome to the nine family. And I, I really mean that. And I think that's where what I'm trying to say is like, I feel this honor of being able to love people so deeply to be able to, you know, with open arms and with healthy boundaries. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but yeah, I feel like this honor to be able to love people. Um, but again, I, I want to encourage, like, I want to reiterate, like, I love the learning side of it too, because I don't think I would be able to be able to love in healthy ways and so deeply without being able to learn and have those boundaries. Mm-hmm. I love that answer. I am a, a huge fan of learning as well and trying to do better and self-improvement. So I can totally relate on yeah. that. So before we wrap up the episode, I just want to hear about some women that you admire. Ooh. Okay. Well, um, I, I want to start most women I meet, no question. Everyone has a powerful story to to tell. And I truly do believe that there, we all have innate wisdom and, um, you know, so it's hard to choose just, you know, one or two, but, um, I don't think I want to call them out by name. I want to just describe them. And, um, because they are women in my life that are, um, currently in my life, and, um, one, I truly feel like she is a living, breathing, modern day female, Mr. Rogers. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and you know what? I'm going to say her name. Her name is Judy. <laughs> and a lot of the women in the nine community probably know who she is. And she actually is my, the son that we're adopting. She is, um, his first foster mother. And I met her and I was just in awe of her spirit, um, her, the way that she does things so gracefully and humbly and, um, you know, getting, you know, kneeling down and talking to children, like they're the smartest people in the room and, um, being so patient. She's taught me a lot about patience and, uh, fun and creativity and just bringing more, uh, adventure back into my life because she lives and breathes it. And everything she does is so intentional. Um, just to, you know, coming over here, like she carves out space in her life on a weekly basis to drive an hour out of her way to come here to support us, you know, maybe help with the baby. And, 
but she comes in the door and she's like leaving like little treats around the house for us to find. Like, it's like magic. Like she's like, (laughs) right. And I love that. And she just gives me these little reminders of what it takes to be like, seriously, like just to be a good human being. And I love that she models that. And that I get to be a recipient of it. Um, because I'm sure that like, we all have ways we impact the world in good ways, right? I'm sure we show up and people are like, you know, thank you. And they don't tell us, but like, I'm sure we've impacted people and they feel gratitude for us. But this like is next level, the way she shows up for people. Um, and just lets, brings like a little bit of piece of magic into their lives and their homes. That she sounds amazing. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she is. And, and I would say also, um, you know, uh, my friend, uh, Jess, she, um, has been, she was actually one of my, uh, one of the, um, gosh, I would say bride, but she was one of the couples, um, that I photographed her wedding years ago and we stayed in touch for years. And she is someone who, um, through her activism and through her work, um, teaching me, I have learned so much about anti-racism, diversity and inclusion, um, because of her. And she has given me, space to come to her and really ask the hard questions and, you know, to kind of stumble, make mistakes. She's right there. She calls me out. I admire her for having the, um, the strength to call me out because that's not an easy thing to do with a friend. Right. Um, and I love it. I love it. I love that she's right there by my side. She does it without judgment. She does it, you know, she's got that, you know, um, she does it with love. Um, and, and I, I appreciate that so much. I admire her, the work she's doing, and the fact that she's willing to allow me to be a student um, in that space. Wow. I mean, having those teachers in your life is so important. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And it's critical right now. I mean, this at, at this time um, in our society, that is, it, to me, it oh, is. I completely important. agree. Well, Kim, I think that's a good place for us to end it. So thank you so much for being here. This has been such a pleasure as my my re-entry back into podcasting after a little hiatus. Thank you. And congratulations again. And I can't wait to hear so about much. the wedding. Yep. Yeah, oh, I'll fill you in. Call me if you need anything. <laughs> um, so tell my listeners one more time where they can find you. Oh, thank you. Um, so nine retreat.com that is for the retreat. And, you know, I didn't even mention this. I also do life and mindset coaching and that website is Kim spelled K Y M Ventola.com. Oh yeah. I guess we should have talked about that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And womankind listeners, if you're looking for me and womankind, you can find me at womankind podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And you can email me at womankindpodcast at gmail.com or on my website at www.womankindpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. Bye, friends.